You're listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Sketch. I'm your host Shrudijit. I'm a Delhi-based journalist and the editor-in-chief of Mint. Enzo Ferrari, founder of the iconic sports car manufacturer, famously said that if you ask a child to draw a car, they will most likely draw a red car, which is how red came to be a Ferrari color. I think it's safe to say that if you ask a child to draw a logo on a car, it would most likely be the three-pointed star, one of the world's most recognized and aspirational logos, that of Mercedes-Benz. Enzo Ferrari's quote has a deeper point. A car is not just a vehicle that takes us from point A to point B. There is something about it that speaks to the child in all of us. Universally, children are very excited about cars. They love joy rides, they love the sound and smell of cars, and they dream of driving fancy cars when they grow up. Luxury cars are the pinnacle of their excitement. They are ludicrous at one level. they mostly have more power than you will ever need on the roads they obsess about detail in a maniacal way they are packed with safety features technology and comforts that most drivers or users might never even explore and they cost a bomb and are out of reach for most car buyers in india just about 1% of the cars sold are from this segment cars that cost upwards of rupees 50 lakhs or the price of a small apartment in many cities and yet today there is a waiting list for most luxury cars pricier the car it would sometimes seem longer the waiting list my guest today is eminently qualified to talk to us about luxury cars and in particular about the brand that sells the most luxury cars in india mercedes benz santosh ayer is the md of mercedes benz india and is the first indian to be named to that role He has been with Mercedes for 14 years spanning roles in marketing, customer service, corporate affairs, sales and others. I hope to talk to him today about the trends in the luxury car market in India, why people buy luxury cars, how picky are his famous customers and what is the roadmap ahead for Mercedes-Benz in India. Santosh, thanks so much for joining us today and welcome to the sketch. Thanks a lot for having me here. Thank you. Santosh, firstly, I want to understand from you, why do people buy luxury cars? Well, as you really started this interview and the podcast with some quotes, let me also quote uh, the famous Coco Chanel. Uh, you know, she said, luxury starts where necessity ends. And I think that's uh, absolutely true even for luxury cars. The sheer need to go from point A to point B, I think there are many cars which may fulfill that need. Uh, but at some point in life, you want to uh, spoil yourself, you want to enjoy the better things in life. Uh, to some, it's performance. To some, it's luxury, uh, including, for example, the noise level in the car, to what aroma, to the lights, uh, to how you want to commute. Uh, and, and I think this differs from individual to individual. But fundamentally, uh, the luxury is uh, just beyond necessity. And then it's about splurging and indulging in one's own self. Most of your customers sit in the back seat or do they drive these beautiful machines? 
Well, I would say India has come a long way. You know, uh, when I joined this company in 2009 and we did some market research, uh, around 80% were backseat customers, you know, chauffeur driven. Uh, and then uh, it was around 13, 2013-14 when I started meeting a, a very different set of customers who then said, you know, Santosh, sometimes we on the weekdays, I am in the backseat. On the weekends, I am driving myself. And today, when even we speak to a lot of S-Class and EQS customers, they say they predominantly drive the cars also because uh, it's, it's, a, it's a factor of dependent of parking space in the office and at home. And if these two are there, then a lot of consumers also now like to drive cars. So from a percentage, I would say it's as high as 50-50 now, uh, you know, uh, self-driving to uh, chauffeur-driven. But on weekends, uh, close to 70 to 80% of customers uh, prefer to drive themselves now. But it's really about making a statement. Isn't that sort of like the primary objective for most people who buy a luxury car? Would you say that's the case? Uh, it's, it's a good question. You know, the way we look at luxury segment, we have two types of customers. One is a luxury dweller. You know, they are consuming luxury in every walk of life, in what they wear, what they consume, uh, you know, right from the uh, from the place they live. Uh, and for them, this is another luxury good. And it is about consuming luxury as they consume many other things in their daily life. Uh, then there are first-time customers to the luxury segment. So they are not yet there. Uh, this is maybe the first purchase. Uh, getting into the brand, uh, they are also more brand conscious. They also want to, of course, communicate a certain status uh, or a certain achievement in life, uh, a certain success in life. And they use, uh, you know, luxury cars for that purpose. So we have both. But predominantly, you know, when you look at the top end segment of Mercedes-Benz, uh, which is, uh, you know, where, where there is a lot of demand and also Maybach, AMG, they are mostly luxury dwellers. They have been there, they have been consuming luxury and uh, this is another luxury, I would say, uh, product in their lifestyle. Since you used to head marketing uh, for, for Merck, um, I want to ask you this, you know, uh, in a lot of other product segments, especially in luxury, there is a trap that the older and legacy luxury brands fall into, which is that young people feel that this is a brand that's used by their parents and their grandparents and their uncles, and they don't want to. They, they try to make a statement and they move away from it. I think uh, some of your rivals have tried to play on that sentiment a little bit at different points, but Merck seems to have endured and it hasn't lost that cool factor and young people today in hordes continue to buy Merck. So what's the secret to that um, longevity and not losing that cool? So firstly, uh, it comes from the product, you know, the design appeals to a cross section, we are not polarized, you know, only the young or, or maybe uh, a bit more older customers. Second, uh, I would say is also today, if you see, uh, you know, as you said, luxury, uh, these cars are also bought to reflect certain statements. The young find it more cooler actually in a Mercedes-Benz compared to some of the other guys who need uh, maybe other products or other brand and labels to show them that they are young. So, uh, and that's something actually uh, also from a marketing perspective, uh, I would say helps us because uh, even if you walk, I keep saying this to my marketing team, you walk to any, the best of the pubs, best of the lounges, the kind of music uh, is still not, I won't say retro, but you can relate to it, uh, you know, across age groups. So it's not only the, uh, the hard rock or the latest music which plays, people love uh, music, which is timeless. For design perspective, many of our cars, the designs are timeless, you know, because uh, this is something once you own the car and the brand, 
even if you can pass it on to generation and that's something very core to luxury brands uh, be it watches be it many of uh, you know different categories uh, and that makes the brand timeless that makes the overall experience so therefore we are able to cut across age segments uh, much better than sharply position to a specific age category would you say uh, merck's brutal domination of the f1 race track over the last decade or so okay maybe barring the last couple of years uh, has sort of helped stay cool and relevant among the younger uh, hardcore fans for sure but uh, i would only say you know we started racing in 54 uh, with the silver arrows and we have been there part of the various uh, of course in the last 9 years thanks to uh, a lot of f1 awareness let's talk about india specifically a lot of awareness after the f1 came to india in 2012 and the uh, netflix series and the series exactly so i think a lot of people are watching it uh, definitely it adds to the brand but amg was born on the race track uh, you know we were also the silver arrows was on the race track so we have a legacy formula 1 definitely helps us what it helps us is also to really stay dominant on the performance side uh, you know uh, as luxury people know us uh, clearly uh, handcrafted specific materials uh, also the noise levels in the car people appreciate engineering for mercedes benz but when it comes to performance uh, there was sometimes a question mark but with uh, what we do on the track i think that question mark vanished people love our amgs uh, you know hardcore performance machines and that really also helped to push the brand further why are the three top luxury brands premium brands elsewhere in the world you know merck bmw and audi uh, why are they all german See firstly for us we invented the car in 1886 in Germany so you know it's a by default uh, i would say uh, the genetics lie there uh, and of course we started developing modern engineering and i keep telling you know our, if you look into our brand history uh, there were two brands at that point of time one said that we will make the cars better and better and the other brand from the americas they said we will make more and more cars uh, so there were different philosophies and ideologies and we were not into the volume we were more into innovation getting more uh, technologies into the car Uh, but as a result of this i think a lot of engineering industry uh, you know the the ecosystem developed and when you look at an ecosystem you have players like bosch you have players like continental they are all 100 years old now uh, they have been there and this also helped another i would say peer groups to also come up with their own products brands uh, innovation and uh, i think all of them have done a great job actually at different periods of time coming up with fantastic cars and uh, over a period of time it became a german auto industry as such and uh, and i think rest is history but you know all of that is true santosh but to me it's still amazing because it's not as if the americans haven't made cars for very long it's not as if the japanese haven't been making cars for very long i mean the koreans for a while now all of them do have uh, pretty entrenched car making industries and yet somehow uh, these three brands from germany around the world they occupy a segment of the market that is that has enviable pricing uh, continues to occupy that premium space in the in the customer's mind universally um i mean after decades and decades of this competition it is quite amazing isn't it that that kind of leadership has endured it's it's a it's a very good observation because for me personally i would also say it's a cultural topic you know the, they are absolutely Um, passionate about i for detail you know when you visit germany you look at the pavements you look at the roads it's like somebody has taken a, a a scale and they have tried to draw the road or the finish the everything is perfect and this comes from the education system this comes from the cultural uh, orientation i would say of many 
and uh, and they believe in perfection you know sometimes uh, when when i work with my colleagues i say come on let's get it done or we why can't we launch it a bit earlier and they say no we will only do it once it's perfect so i think there's no compromise attitude very strong education system uh, an eye for perfection and detail that what's make the country also if you look at germany very different compared to many other developing uh, nations and markets if you go there i think they are absolutely uh, it's picture perfect sometimes when you travel in germany it's all postcard <laughs> No, that's true but you know let's take for example italy which indeed makes amazing cars right you know they have ferrari they have lamborghini uh, they you know hyper cars like yeah. pagani so you know they really do make the pinnacle of motoring at one level yet somehow when it comes to the premium segment um, you know the german domination continues and endures um Yeah so you know the Germans for sure have been able to get not only the cars but also the scale uh, you know in terms of engineering manufacturing all put together as such so therefore on one side of course uh, Italians are good great cars emotional cars as well but that's more niche uh, as such and to scale it up you also need engineering and manufacturing and production apart from sales distribution kind of a set so a lot of corporate discipline Yes and consistent over many years because all the brands have been present for many years now yes and and there is also something about marketing luxury brands that are a little different uh from marketing other brands right even when i was chatting with a, a top executive at uh, lamborghini and i remember him saying that in our company advertising is sin and we just don't advertise and it's all word of mouth and reputation and all of that um what are the tenets of uh, they say that you follow at mercedes benz um about marketing and advertising you know uh, luxury as a segment uh, believes a lot in word of mouth because uh, the experience is very critical it's not just a product experience but the overall ownership experience and therefore our entire focus is on how do we curate and continue on a consistent basis that customer experience and that's the biggest challenge because to deliver that on one side you have the product which we can make it as consistent as possible but on the other side you have people people at the retail store people at our service centers people at different uh, touch points of the customer and there to deliver a, a, a very different curated experience is one of the biggest challenges so but uh, going back to your core question on how, how what do we do from a marketing perspective i think the single line brief is focus on customer experience it's about as much as we are able to delight as much as we are able to make the brand desirable we will get the word of mouth uh, the the customers are well connected the social groups are well connected uh, and i think that's a core focus when it comes to marketing do we do advertising at all answer is yes uh, i think there is also a need for creating awareness more so in a market like india uh, where you have a large population spread across uh, sales don't come from one geography you know it comes from across and therefore we have to a bit do advertising for sure and to market but uh, the majority of our marketing spends the majority of focus and uh, time is spent on customer experiences and when you do advertising is it aimed at uh, as you are saying spreading awareness alone or do you also focus on emphasizing the aspiration levels of the brand I think the three-pointed star evokes uh, emotions any which ways uh, as such. So for us, uh, when we are advertising, mostly they are product-centric uh, many a times because it comes from new launches, new introductions. So that's one of the core uh, announcement of launches, for example, that comes. Uh, 
and that's limited when it comes to medium also you know when when it's television we can tell the story differently when it's print we tell the story differently as such uh, but today more and more uh, customers are getting into the digital setup and here uh, it's more of content uh, they like short formats they like short content and they like stories also is to be short stories of the brand stories of the technology uh, in the past when i say past it's 5 years back you know you could make a 3 minute video about all the features of the car right now tell me in 30 seconds one which excites me most and i move on i flip uh, and i change it so the narrative has changed uh, the way we communicate the way we tell the stories uh, to customers but that's again as i said a limited part of success or of making the brand desirable the core is you have to deliver to the brand promise and you have to ensure that we are desirable uh, by giving better experiences do you work with influencers at all to to spread the gospel as it were our customers again who spend this money uh, you know they run large business houses corporates and they are successful in life they are able to see through anything that we do artificially so to start with uh, authentic is core uh, you need to be authentic Uh, we use influencers to get reach sometimes because they have a couple of customers follow them they know but uh, it's not to get credibility credibility comes from what we do as a company in terms of products and services and not what somebody else is going to tell our customers how good our product or brand is so whether or not you work with uh, influencers what i notice is there is now a lot of car content uh, on social media created by all kinds of people um but particularly of interest to me is how uh, dealers have turned uh, car delivery into an occasion uh, i mean it is always an occasion in the sense you know a ribbon would be cut or somebody would hand over the yeah. key but now it's very elaborate uh, and i see it, and maybe dealerships in some parts of the country do it more than others or um but every dealer now you know the name of the customer is on a flex board inside the you know inside the showroom they come in with the family there is cake cutting there is like some pyrotechnics and uh, you know it's become a whole occasion and that also adds to the marketing of is there is there a deliberate strategy No, absolutely i think uh, it's part of our customer experience you know when you look at the ownership journey of the car the highest emotional point is when they take delivery of the car and a clear brief to our partners is also how do we make it special is the lowest point when the emi hits the bank uh, that hits the next month still because the advance check is already paid right, right? so till now uh, you know he he is looking forward for this occasion to enjoy with his family uh, many a times and we want to make it as special in fact uh you know we are, we are in some of our newer outlets we have a key coming out of a small machine uh, so you press a button the key actually pops up uh, and that's how the key handover happens so we have invested on technology and stuff uh with all the uh, you know uh, and, and and the entire content on those screens will be of the car that the customer is buying so a lot of customization lot of individualization and then there is also the uh, sentimental emotional part because they also want to do the religious stuff you know at times and so uh, a week in advance we already collect what they want to do uh, what are their uh, prerequisites also anything special they want their family to be treated for example be it uh, cakes chocolate some of them have eggless preferences to many to the minutest of the detail and then if i want to break a coconut inside the a uh, dealership you dealership. will you will yeah, let yeah. me do it yeah. yes 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 we have provisions for that uh, and the but that is all ordinary in our view what we task our partners is how do you make it exceptional now 
what can you do with the customer doesn't expect at the time of delivery and this is somewhere they also with the permission sometimes check the social handle see what is the what's being there in fact we had a customer uh, we took on his birthday when he landed in uh, bombay and uh, you know uh, the car had a huge waiting period and finally he actually wrote to us saying this is not done uh, the car was ready uh, and then we said fine how do we now make it better so when he landed in bombay airport we took permission from the airport authorities our dealers actually went in and were able to really surprise him when he exited the aircraft he was traveling abroad and when he landed he said your car is ready we have bought it up here and uh, because that's what he was looking it was a midnight its birthday was starting and that's something that we can do so it goes beyond showroom deliveries i think that's a basic that we should do uh, but what can we do to even delight customers beyond their expectations when we can really do something special for them has the you've spoken in the past about how the age profile of the uh, luxury car buyer uh, is becoming younger i'm interested in knowing two things one uh, can you talk a little bit about that phenomena uh, number two are more women i mean are you seeing more women buyers walking into uh, mark mark dealerships no, uh, the, the first one about the overall age getting younger is also the factor of demographics to some extent also a lot of youngsters today uh, their need states are different they want to start consuming and indulging they are spending on brands and that's seen from uh, you know when you visit some of the coffee shops like starbucks where the coffee you can see people sitting and spending money uh, you see the iphones for example and it's not that they are already there uh, in terms of uh, you know earning potential but they are spending because uh, they want to consume uh, and that's a very different mindset that we see and therefore uh, you know uh, many of the startups uh, you know they have this life goal that when they get the series 2 funding they will go in an s class or they will buy this specific pen or a watch and this is the life goal that they have dreamt of and if you're an investor that should be a terrible sign but you yes know. Uh, you know sometimes i also feel uh, what would the other person feel because this guy but they have confidence in themselves you know one of the core differences they are not afraid you know of of trying to show or trying to state that they have reached a certain stage and they will further accelerate so this is why uh, also young professionals when you see doctors when you see lawyers uh, you know they are also a very emerging trend where you see they are able to make it much earlier they are able to buy cars and or even watches for example as a category uh, they are spending so that's something that is driving the younger demographics when it comes to women uh, again it's a cultural change because you know earlier uh, the men sometimes used to buy the cars and say okay my car now goes to my wife today that's not acceptable you know that's not uh, and uh, one she is earning uh, they are independent uh, they like to also have similar desires and they also ask the question why only handbag why shouldn't i have a better car itself so they are also going beyond the traditional uh, luxury consumption and actually even investing in cars and uh, driving them as well one shouldn't be saying investing in cars right it's like spending on cars that's a difference when it comes to mercedes benz top end cars you know the, the joke in our office is if you now buy a g wagon for example and you know you sell it after a year you may get a bit more money than what it used to be because once the waiting is too long why uh, waiting the prices are going up you know because of also exchange rate uh, issues uh, input costs are getting higher plus uh, uh, you know the customers want to own these cars you know the glc that we are launching now 
anyone who had bought a glc 3 years back would get almost negligible drop in pricing because a new glc is higher price also so the residual values of uh, mercedes benz cars have got up significantly even over 2 so, 3 years even after using the car for 3 years you'll get would, technically it cannot be an investment it's a depreciating asset absolutely clear uh, on that aspect but uh, it's not the rapid depreciation that one used to experience many years back because you buy a luxury car and then it used to go uh, you know much more depreciate fastly because i mean the saying was that the moment you drive it out of the dealership it loses 50% of the value yeah that those days are gone those days are gone it definitely loses value because it's a registered asset and definitely uh, somebody else will buying but uh, if you use it for 3 years you still get a decent price and you know a 30% depreciation over 3 years time is not bad uh, because you have consumed and used the asset you have claimed tax advantages on these cars so uh, i think it's still uh, a great uh, i would say decision to enjoy life uh, Uh, as such much early uh, and therefore we can see a lot of consumers buying it on emis buying it on uh, you know uh, taking that step and investing in luxury cars again i say investing uh, it's investing from a personal standpoint not from a financial standpoint when you started at at mercedes in 2009 i think at that point still most of your customers might have been people who are moneyed and wealthy and today you're seeing a lot of people you know salaried successful salaried uh, people um also you know paying with emis and buying um, you know especially entry level sedans and so on have you seen a groundswell of that phenomena in the last decade or so of professionals buying luxury cars well uh if you look at mercedes benz uh, you know uh, i can say that the, our our entire portfolio is divided into three segments you know we have the entry level luxury which starts from 45 lakhs to around 60 what models uh, we have the a class we have the gla there uh, then we have the core luxury segment 60 lakhs to a crore so that's with the beginning with c class that beginning with c class uh, so on the sedans we have the c and the e on the suvs we have the glc we have the gle and the glb and the eqb also so we have a large portfolio on the core luxury and then we have the top end luxury which is cars all above a crore of rupees the uh, s class maybachs uh, amgs gls uh, gls all all of them uh, you know it's uh, actually starts from 1.5 crores where the gls on road is 1.5 plus So now, if I have to give you a, a percentage, and then there is AMG, uh, and AMG, all of them fall in the one point five crore plus segment, you can say. So if you look at our composition of volumes, twenty five percent of our sales comes from the top end, sixty percent comes from the core, and only fifteen percent comes from the below. So that's Mercedes Benz. But if you take the overall segment in India on these cars, uh, there is a much higher contribution which comes from the. uh entry level so called and of course the top end is much lower for a uh, different brand so for us we enjoy a very different patronage of our clients and the customers the brands enjoy a very different uh, positioning in the market and therefore to answer your question our growth is not coming from growing the entry level segment you know the growth is there itself uh, but still a lot of growth comes from the top end and from the core luxury segment that we are seeing here uh, i think there is also a maturity among customers because they want loaded cars uh, across segments so even when i say an a class or a gla uh, in the past you always used to have an entry level car and then a spec'd up variant you know a top end variant and a entry level variant we have stopped all that business we have only one car which is fully loaded be it an a class be it a gla we may offer two fuel types petrol and diesel but we won't offer a entry and then a a mid and a a high i never thought about that you don't have variants we You're don't right. have variants yeah, yeah, yeah. 
we feel as luxury customers you know when you buy any mercedes benz the first thing you do is get your friends and family in the car that time you should be proud to show this car has all the features and the bells and whistles and if you fall short then it goes back to the question did you just buy the logo or did you buy the real luxury car and we want our customers to buy the real luxury car which has all the features all the equipment so it's a fundamentally different strategy from what many of the peer group may be doing in the market does it restrict our growth potential maybe yes uh, in the entry level because a uh, lot of uh, you know uh, customers say why can't you bring cars at lower pricing uh, but then uh, you know it it's fine you can own the car but not the entire experience and therefore we rather stay with premium pricing premium cars uh, fully loaded variants and that also helps in the residual value so these customers when they go to the market at the end of 3 years they get better pricing because the cars have very good cars they are well spec they are, they have the warranty with them for example on a class and on on gla particularly these two cars we give an 8 year engine warranty unlike 3 years so this is uh, one of the biggest fear of a, a customer getting into luxury you know what happens to maintenance what happens to my car so we look at segments and we look at uh, product packaging based on the segments and not one size fits all kind of a strategy the point about variance is that's true for your competitors as well right i mean i think audi and bmw also don't have variance for most of their models i won't comment uh, i will uh, but broadly true or untrue research as such uh, right, right but they all of them have different strategies at different points sure. of time some have it some have withdrawn some have reintroduced uh, also on different price points and different stuff but i think that's a strategy which is not bad it's also india is a growing market i i am very happy that there is space for all uh, and uh, right now the overall market is growing which is the which is a good sign because everybody has a niche everybody has a segment to play i am only commenting on our strategy is more focused on much more holistic also a lot of focus on the top end segment since you mentioned startups um, are startup founders and uh, people who got rich with esops and so on with you know with successful exits and liquidity events as they call it um, have they become an important segment for uh, luxury cars uh yes the growth is coming from many of these guys who have got the money you know many of the young guys have also studied abroad and they have come back so they were in us or in uh, or in say london uh, many of them went to study they have used cars when they have come back now they want to continue the same uh, experience that they had with those cars when they were in the uh, in the other parts of the world so that's again another big segment apart from the startups and others because they they are luxury dwellers they are rich uh, they are family businesses and uh, now they come back and they want to continue to experience similar levels of comfort what is the uh, waiting period like across your product portfolio now well we have been uh, quite successful to ramp up production a lot uh, and that's because of two counts one the global uh, semiconductor supply chain crisis has come to uh, i would say to a large extent in control uh, and second we have a lot more confidence in the market so we have been able to get much more kits uh, to produce much more parts to produce so when you look at uh, i would say the c class e class uh, a month or two we should be able to get the cars but when it goes to the g wagon it's up to 24 months so you know that's the kind and spread that we have every month we give out uh, you know uh, indicative waiting periods to our partners Uh, the good part is if you go online you can find all cars we are the only brand which is fully transparent on stock 
uh, fully transparent on price because uh, two years back, or close to two years back, uh, we came up with a direct-to-consumer model wherein uh, we said that uh, we cut out uh, all the hidden charges, hidden uh, non-transparency in automotive business and we give full transparency. So the entire stock today you can search online, you will find when this particular color, when is available, what is the expected date, what are the discounts, if any, and what are the consumer offers. All transparent, online, offline, same offer anywhere in India. So uh, that way, uh, transparency helps consumers also to make better decisions. You offer discounts? Uh, some car lines, it's not discount, but we have a financial services arm, which is called Mercedes-Benz Financial. They offer a product called Agility. You know, this is a product where uh, many consumers don't need to pay up the full price of the car in EMIs. Uh, we are confident of our residual value. So what we do is we take out, so if a car has, as I said, 60% residual value at the end of three years, the customer needs to pay EMI only for the 40%. The balance 60, we just buy the car back at the end of three years. Now, these are financial products, not schemes, but uh, financial products which are tailor-made in conjunction with financial services so that we can expand customer base and also give more tailor-made solutions for the Indian market. Fascinating. Um, now, let's take a product like uh, the G-Wagon, uh, which is favored by a lot of celebrities across the country. Now, India being India, I'm sure when they you know, call a dealership or walk into a dealership and find out that there's a two-year waiting period. Surely they must be like, who heads Merck in India? Let's call this person. Do you get a lot of such calls? Hey saying, Sir, I want, I want hey next lot. week, I want a G-Wagon. A hey lot. And uh, also, <laughs> all, all will be there and we get this. But uh, we have, uh, again, both categories. Some of them are a bit arrogant considering the stature where they come from. Some of them really understand the issue and uh, they appreciate it. So now we are also thinking of uh, prioritization. So we now, for new launches, we prioritize Mercedes-Benz customers clearly. If you own a Mercedes-Benz, you are on top of the priority list. Because the biggest challenge is to explain to our own customers. You know, they tell me, I own, my father owned it, I am owning it, my son is owning it. Three generations, six cars, they send pictures, they are not even sold. And then, why are you not giving me the car? And that's something very difficult to explain. So, our clear strategy is not only for the G, but for many car lines, uh, prioritization, if it's a Mercedes customer, should get the first priority uh, when it comes to deliveries and uh, allocations. I'm really amused by this G-Wagon situation. <laughs> So here you are trying to sell uh, a product that's close to 4 crore on road. And, and my heart goes out to you that the, the problem is not that you can't sell enough models, but it is that people are banging down your doors to get delivery. Yeah, that's... You know, it's it's again, as you started the interview and when I said luxury starts where necessity ends. It's not that they need G-Wagon to go to their office or to for a commute. Uh, the car is iconic and uh, the, it's a symbol of certain way that you are able to communicate in your peer group. And the, the sheer fact that you got it uh, and now you are able to drive it, it's a, it's a uh, different, in that peer group, it's a different messaging that goes in also. So people, and, and also it's a passion for a lot of people. Frankly, as you said, as kids, you start dreaming of cars. As youngsters, lot of them dream about a G-Wagon also, saying that one day I will get the G-Wagon, I will get, it's, it's more of a Beverly Hills car. I would say it's not for the 63 performance or the 500 engine, but it's the lifestyle statement and you want to accessorize yourself with this car. So, uh, it's fully understandable, not only in India, the, the reason is globally as well. You know, there is demand for this car is insane uh, and uh, it's still produced in the same plant in Austria, uh, Graz in Austria, where there's a limited production and limited, it's, a lot of things are still handcrafted on the car so you cannot scale up like a robotic production system and therefore the demand always uh, continues to exceed supplies 
So when you have um, the group level, uh, you know, when you have your annual country manager conference or whatever, uh, do you keep telling the management there is too much demand for X model, Y model, can you make more G wagons? Those kind of discussions happen and is that how they assess? No, that's a continuous process. Uh, already production capacities, you know, are planned in advance for the next two, three years time. So we always give a bottom-up forecast and some of them, uh, though we give higher forecast, but uh, some of them it's just not possible for them to also, uh, you know, produce more cars. Uh, also as an industry, you know, we are facing this transformation. We have to remember our all our, uh, you know, we are transforming from combustion engines to electric and uh, that also also means investments are limited on combustion engines. A lot of investments are going into electric and therefore uh, we have limitations when we have to scale up particular model lines, car models, etc. Because we will be transitioning. We are very clear that all new cars after 2025 will be electric. After 2025? Yes. And uh, from 2030, worldwide I am saying. And after 2030, by 2030, we will be 100% sales on electric wherever the markets permit. So our ambition is for carbon neutrality, which is by 2039, again, quite ambitious compared to the 2050 ambition of European nations. So we have, as a company, have said that by 2039, we will be fully carbon neutral across the value system. No, but did you say that you will only sell electric cars from 2025 All onwards. new car launches will be only electric. There will be no new combustion car engine launches. car launch uh, after 2025 on combustion engine. And by 2030, all car sales will be electric. Sales will be electric wherever the markets allow because there will be some markets Maybe I would also say for India, we are not 100% sure whether right. India will transition, at least That's in the luxury fast. segment, yeah. uh, to 100% electric. But then predominantly, we'll be an electric car brand uh, for sure. So when you say uh, if a market permits, I suppose you mean if there is supporting infrastructure, charging infrastructure and all of that present, then you will. Yeah, uh, charging is one. In our segment, again, I feel our customers, uh, many of them stay in independent houses or they stay in high-end residential areas where uh, charging for the new ones are already a prerequisite and for the old ones, they are able to install. Uh, at office, many of them own build offices and industries, they are able to install chargers. So, we feel that the transformation to electric will be much faster in the luxury segment compared to mass market. Uh, just on this issue of uh, waiting list and the quest to uh, you know get a car. See the point you made about how people dream about owning a car, an AMG or a G wagon or uh, whatever it is. And once they hit that point of affordability and once they make that purchase decision, does it really like become this really intense pursuit? Like you know can't wait any longer really need it now. No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I have customers, uh, first of all, if we launch a new car, uh, even if I don't have the car in India, they just tell us, you tell us if you can show it to me in London, I am here or I am in some city in some part of the world, can I see the car? And they take that effort to go see, check. When they come and configure the car, you know, my own colleagues sometimes don't know the amount of possibilities what the customer knows. So the customer has already done research. They're absolute passionate guys. They are just not buying the brand. They know what leather, what uh, caliper, what combination needs to go. Uh, sometimes they are crazy with the combinations that they do. The car comes out well. When we see the car, it's wow. But uh, they have the desire to do the things themselves, configure the car themselves. And then when the car is ready... You know, sometimes some of these cars, on an average, they have 4 million uh, as cost of air freighting it. And uh, the sea freight takes around, say, 45 to 50 days. We have had one or the other customer saying, I'm ready to even take the bill, air freight it now. I cannot wait it. I need the car here. Uh, and, and that's fine. That's part of what they want to do. And we just, our job is to enable that desire. But this does mean that a, 
some part of your job surely must be in dealing with this kind of uh, you know how do i lay my hands uh, on a high end mug how do you deal with all of that i think uh, a large part of my job is about customer interactions and i feel happy because end of the day uh, you know in my linkedin i get uh, customers sometimes talking to me or they write to me by emails and stuff or somehow some somebody catches i i don't fear you know even today uh, once i became a ceo uh, the question was will you remove your mobile number from your business card and i said no if i heading the company are not accessible then it doesn't work of course we have a team uh, who takes care of customers i can delegate but uh, i think it's it's a basic expectation of lot of customers who spend this money to also see that they are heard sometimes customer experiences are always not positive let me be candid there are a lot of you know car is an engineered product it can have software issues it can have uh, some service quality issues sometimes it doesn't perform uh, uh, to the expectations of the customer this is But, shocking the md of merk admitting on camera that there can sometimes be issues in a car No it's like our formula 1 car uh, you have seen when you go this year we are struggling on proposing you see you know 8 years world champions in a row because it's the highest level of technology that's being operated even in a formula 1 circuit when it even goes to our cars as i said we are putting the latest features the latest software earlier you bought a car the car was 100% at the time of purchase today uh, we have over there updates we are giving software updates so that we can make the car experience even better you know the eqs i got 3 weeks back and today there is a new update the graphics have changed on the eqs for me it's like i am sitting in a new car now suddenly because it's not the car even which i got 3 weeks back uh, that's possible today but it also comes at with irritants you know the car is connected network technology uh, software bug sometimes because the over there update was not seamless and this we also have to educate customers you know we are all used to getting updates on our phones when there is a new update of uh, apple we just download it you know in the night uh, it charges but that's not yet tuned to cars and softwares so we are moving into an era where cars are increasingly software driven and again coming back to the question how accessible are to customers and is this part of the job i think absolutely yes in our company i think everybody is a very clear mandate that uh, we need to speak everyone can speak to a customer should speak and we try to resolve if there is a challenge of course um, uh, it's on and off it's not an everyday occurrence but if it comes we are all fully committed to resolve it when one hear you speak about um, you know waiting periods and a lot of demand and you know the the quest to get your hands on uh, a merc car uh, one might think that this is an exceedingly successful business but the truth of the luxury car business in india has been that it has been a bit underwhelming isn't it like when you started say in 2009 the i think the forecast used to be that by 2020 uh there would be an annual sales of 100000 luxury cars a year um we are still at about 40 or 1000 of which merc still you know is the market leader sells about 15 or 1000 cars but still an underwhelming story is it not and what what do you expect to change I think uh, we are in India for 28 years and we term it uh, we have a favorite term internally calling strategic patience you know, <laughs> need to be so uh, we believed in the market we continue to believe in the market you know in 2009 we used to do around 3000 cars we are going up to 17 18000 last year 16000 odd cars so it's been a growth story for sure we are two years of pandemic prior to this so if you take that out there is a bit of double digit growth kind of a corridor could it have been more the answer is yes but uh, we also have to see overall there are two aspects one the cars 
are priced considering not only luxury cars i would say overall cars uh, we have there is one gst component and then there is a road tax component the road tax in india also in many states are in the region of 15 to 20% on top you have the 48% or gst so if you see a 70 odd percent taxation on a car which is there which is also when you now come from policy maker side you feel they are also justified you know direct tax collection is very low in india indirect tax they need to mop up so and this is the highest end if of- you want to get the roads to be built if you want the sanitation to come up you have to collect taxes and then this becomes of course a soft target because uh, and still a large part of india is on public transport Uh, which should be also the ideal way for a large population like india as such and therefore the growth is limited in that sense but what we are seeing in the last 12 to 18 months is much more change on the cultural side you know there there was a much more inclination uh, to not spend on luxury goods which is not the case right now thanks to gst thanks to many of the i won't call it only reforms but also changes done the transparency on the books are great people all have much cleaner financial books so they don't fear to buy a loan and buy a luxury car because now they have a good capital structure in their uh, business in their operations uh, and that is also actually driving growth in the market and we can see that on the other hand corporate india results are also great a lot of esops we can see a lot of top companies executives now buying cars uh, because of the esops etc so this structural change is what will now set us up for the growth in the next 8 to 10 years time so we have to be patient we have been we have to continue to be patient and uh, this would for sure pay off in the long run i think we command a, i would say a very good commanding presence not only in sales numbers but that core desirability of the brand so that is again coming back to my top end story you know that shows uh, how strong the brand is and it's a matter of time that when the market evolves uh, and the structure changes we will be there with the right products and the right services to capitalize on it give us some uh, international comparisons now i know that compared with the uh, 1% market share that luxury cars enjoy in india in the us say that number is about 10% uh, of the market how does it uh, you know give us some international perspective what does that figure like in different markets and how many cars do you sell a year uh, say in china See China is uh, basically around 800,000 car market for Mercedes Benz alone I would say in terms of number of cars that they sell the US is close to if I'm not wrong 300,000 cars or uh, their assets Sorry so, Merck sells 800,000 cars in China in a year Yes compared with 15,000 cars in India Yes as i said the structure of the market is totally different here if you see the overall car segment even india is a 3 million car market but if you see most of the sales are below the uh, 10 to 15 15 lakhs to 20 lakh segment and uh, you know luxury car sales starts from the 60 lakh odd segment so it's a very different uh, segmentation it's also then again accentuated by taxes which we see to some extent and it's not only the gst i keep saying different states have different taxes and that adds to the gst component so if you see around 70 odd percent gets on top of the core uh, invoice value of the car which also makes it more expensive to own as a category or as an asset in india uh, now let's come to luxury segment if you see here uh, one of the parameters we see is the number of uh, million dollar households buying luxury cars million households with a million dollars in annual income with annual income okay and these here again india is around 3 to 8% uh, it keeps varying whereas if you see markets like uh, europe and sorry others, what is 3 to 8% 3 to 8% of this households buy a luxury car in india 3 to 8% of households 
um you gained great fame or notoriety uh, when you said that sip is uh, our greatest competitor or among our greatest competitors um can you elaborate a little bit on what you meant by that yeah i think uh, you know we are at a point where we are also looking at uh, growth in the market and uh, one part of the growth comes naturally naturally with what i explained earlier with consumers buying luxury goods and they are coming to our brands and they are consuming on the other side if you look at an sip for me in that context was a symbol of savings you know it's not about sip alone but any saving it can be gold it can be anything else and uh, i think sip is a good uh, synonym for savings in the indian context so there the customers still want to save they want to save for an uncertain future uh, they want to save for children they want to save for their own self and that's a much more prevalent than consuming for own self and that's exactly what i said earlier you know this is a trend that we are changing the young guys who are working in new companies uh, they are not saying that i will save and then buy an iphone let me buy an iphone in emis uh, today even the ticket size is a lakh of rupees they are not saving for a lakh to get accumulated and then buy the iphone so though they know it's a depreciating it's a equally strong depreciating asset because you know at the end of 3 years even that drops value by 40% but people are buying and these are trends that shows that there is a cultural change happening also in the society to consume luxury and it's not a necessity right so it's not that you cannot live without owning fancier cars or fancier clothes uh, or fancier watches uh, but across these categories you can see the trend where uh, the shift from savings to consumption uh, you know we are in that tipping point uh, and if that happens it will also help overall because you know you cannot have an economy just based on savings you need consumption because consumption will drive the growth as well so we need for us to grow also from the not only from a luxury car perspective but also from a uh, again i i am not um, qualified enough to comment on the economic side of the country growth story but i personally also feel that consumption will drive growth as well so if they go both hand in hand it will develop uh, it will also accelerate this transformation and this 1% that you spoke about can definitely have much more penetration even for the mass market brands uh, and we can see this last 3 years i think there are many studies which shows that the market has moved up to more premium segment you know from the below 10 lakh cars india is now moving more and more to the 10 to 20 lakh car and so this shift is happening uh, whether we would all like to happen it faster the answer is yes uh, but strategic patience again i come back is the key it's something that hopefully is permanent and this growth continues i think your point about sips is linked to the point you were previously making which is that even um, i mean in in other cultures and other geographies um, households with a million dollars in income uh, 
you know, don't think twice about buying a luxury car. Whereas in India, that that percentage figure is uh, very, very low. Now, well, I would say it's a good thing. I mean, the, the financially more prudent, um, you know, from a, a business paper standpoint um, and from a sound financial advice standpoint. Uh, but it is, yes, it is a problem for companies that are trying to sell things to uh, an affluent class. Do you expect that culture to change? Yeah, uh, I think cultures don't change overnight. It changes with generations. And therefore, with the second generation coming up, as I said, you know, these guys who study abroad, who are coming in, they are more confident about themselves first. Uh, they feel that maybe I, I will manage my life. Uh, I may not need that kind of a saving later. Let me enjoy it today. There was a point of time where capitalism was treated negatively or consumption was treated negatively or consumerism is treated negatively. But uh, if you have to also look at the growth, growth cannot happen, you know, without consumption or without this uh, this overall aspect of people trying to also spend on certain uh, goods and services which may not be rationally needed but may be needed also for uh, a better experience and better quality of life. So this is coming, you see that in real estate. You see that in watches, you see that uh, I would say different categories, even coffee, uh, you know, 10 years back, I won't expect Starbucks to be as successful as they are today uh, in stores because that time CCD was a stepping stone. If you all remember uh, for a good coffee and even today they, they serve good coffee, but uh, you know, you had uh, Starbucks challenging them at a much more premium pricing at a much more higher level. Uh, so just a corollary to how India is changing and we have to be again, uh, we believe as a company also that we have to be strategically patient. It will come in, it's happening. I love the word strategic patience, you know, it's, um, uh, it's in some ways uh, a pinnacle of diplomacy. <laughs> you know, it's a very, very nice way of saying, you know, all right, <laughs> we're going to wait. So that in some ways is um, what has happened, uh, say, for instance, in China, right? I mean, China was as conservative as any other Asian country. Um, turn of the century, the uh, per capita incomes cross a certain threshold. Consumption booms and, you know, it becomes the largest market for luxury goods in India. I mean, not just Merck, uh, whether it is JLR, whether it is Louis Vuitton, you know, for everybody, it has become an insane market. And now India is hoping to uh, become a, a high-income country, a developed nation by 2047. And maybe finally your strategic patience will all pay off at, at one yeah, go. Yeah. Is, that the, is that the hope? No, I think we have not yet put a time frame to it because uh, there are various factors in the market. Uh, but we have come to the market early. Uh, that itself shows we have a, a state-of-the-art plant in Chakan. We have invested more than 2,700-odd crores uh, in the facility there. We have more than 2,000 people working, uh, a large franchisee network. So we have fully invested, fully committed to the market. I think a double-digit growth is a pragmatic way to look at the market. Take one step at a time, look into what's happening around uh, us. Uh, we may have to course correct because uh, no longer economies are insulated. So to say that India will be insulated from what's happening in the globally also may be a fallacy. And many of our customers also have businesses not only in India, but spanning on a global scale. So if there are shocks, 
uh in other parts of the world of course india would also get some uh, aftershocks i would say and therefore uh, a calibrated double digit growth over a set of years will take us to much higher volumes and uh, much higher i would say uh, potential of the market to be fully exploited but in general you see you know a 4 million car market is there so there are 4 million cars being sold how the maturity comes up in a market when people start upgrading and going into the larger segments and bigger segments i think that's a matter of time but to me it seems santosh that the uh, the price point of the entry level luxury vehicle i mean it seems to be moving up faster than the rest of the economy right um, i mean you used to be able to buy uh, uh, an entry level luxury sedan at i'm not necessarily merk but one of the three brands at about 36 odd lakhs not that long ago i mean even a c class used to be 36 lakhs maybe Eight or nine years ago, you know, just—I mean, when you look at the price of other commodities, it hasn't gone up as much as the C-class sedan. No, no, absolutely. The reason is one is we have transformed a fast on lot of technological topics. So today, a C-class is not the C-class that was sold eight years back. It has 48 volt battery, mild hybrid technology, amount of NTG six. It has SIM card, connected car. So amount of content that goes into the car. Uh, which is much more than what a content average automobile content that we used to put in a car many years back so the overall value uh, has therefore gone up from a pure asset uh, perspective because it's much more going into the car uh, and as i said the other thing which influences is also the lack of variance now there's only that option which has all the features all the content and that pushes pricing up of course we have to also keep an eye on exchange rate you know that has also swayed a lot it used to be in the 70s to the euro now it's at 90s to the euro so you can imagine uh, uh, that also puts a lot of pressure when it comes to the pricing side uh, for us because uh, we get the kits then we do the assembly here and then we sell so definitely fx has a major role to play when it comes to pricing so But, you, your message there is that if you want cheaper mercs make your currency stronger cheaper and mercs don't go with each other so uh, that's something i would like to clarify clearly but i think we are doing everything uh, today the consumer starts even finds value even the current pricing and that that's the reason why we are able to sell so many cars uh, in this market for sure but let's when you are talking about luxury you know price is surely a very important aspect but now you take categories like watches you know every watch will show time and then uh, it is a bit different and there people love to wear certain watches not just to show but they love uh, the way the watchmaking is done on that uh, uh, i mean the heritage so, of it the exactly, history of the it dna and that's where something that also comes with mercedes benz and from where we are doing stuff so it's a bit more beyond just the product it's also the story that you get with the car uh, the overall experience that you are able to get with the uh, ownership experience etc so price for sure will be it's getting more expensive for sure with electric it will be much more expensive because the content in the car is much more right because we are putting much more advanced cell chemistry in the car much more uh, software in the car so the uh, much more chips in the car uh, much more chips for computing for the future you know earlier we used to design cars with x number of storage today uh, we will have to make cars which will have x storage plus x delta for future software because you know the you may you already have to design cars in that fashion so when you give more content the price is for sure going to go up so price uh, but at the same time is about value uh, does a customer sees value in that will they continue to uh, consume luxury Uh, and that we have seen not only for automotive but even for non automotive segment bags watches uh, that that consumption continues even when the economy is not on the best of the shape 
Tell me about the uh, the geographic footprint of your uh, customer catchment. Um, are more and more uh, rural uh, customers uh, buying mugs? Not really. Uh, I would say still predominantly our sales comes from tier one markets, uh, which is the top seven metros uh, that we can contribute. Uh, they they are uh, the core drivers. Uh, the tier two will be close to and two and three will contribute around twenty percent of sales. But this tier two and tier three, their growth percentage may look higher because you know their base is small. Uh, you sell uh, three cars and you say do six cars, you are saying hundred percent growth. But that percentage may be misleading to some extent. Uh, but still, I think the tier one markets have. much more maturity penetration of cars actually if you take tire one markets india's luxury car penetration is already at 2.5% uh, it's not 1% the 1% comes when you aggregate the total rural markets and all the tire two tire three markets which is put together are there any interesting pockets of growth or love for merc uh, a few years ago it used to be said that aurangabad has crazy merc sales um, are there any interesting pockets when you look at the growth potential we see within the metropolitan cities you know growth coming from nearby area so if it is delhi uh, earlier it was south delhi predominantly and you know but now we see gurgaon emerging as a hub or much more in terms of sales or even when you look at bombay south bombay was mercedes territory now you can see central bombay bandra going up to even uh, the suburbs and beyond yanderi also beyond where customers are so that's a trend coming from within the cities you see newer pockets newer because even the real estate prices even in these pockets have gone up significantly currently there are a lot of rich consumers luxury consumers going into these areas some of them have opted to stay there more for convenience you know because their workplace is closer to a bandra in bombay for example and they don't prefer to commute from south bombay so these are emerging trends within the pockets that we see also geographically that we see a increase in demand coming but uh, yeah tier 1 cities continue to be the engine of growth as you said you're targeting double digit growth year after year um given that the overall market uh, for luxury cars is not growing at a rapid clip then some of the growth necessarily has to come uh, at the cost of your um, competitors and um while we see uh, and we have seen historically some intense competition including through advertising between merc and audi and bmw etc In India, it seems far more civilized. I mean, you would never hear Merck executive or a BMW executive, you know, uh, talk down uh, a competitor. Uh, is it all that gentle, or is there sort of intense stuff behind the scenes? No, frankly, uh, there is room for everyone. Uh, there is a lot of, uh, as I keep saying, millionaires in India with money in their pocket. um and so it's up to us as well as uh, my peer group to see how we can get that money and grow. profitably in the market profitability for us profitability for our dealer network to take care of the consumers in the market having said that worldwide as well as in india we have exited the volume game if you observe uh, our strategy is clearly uh, you know clear luxury strategy which goes and focuses on the top end so it's not the total number of cars that we are measured we are measured on customer experience we are measured so our kpi itself from our head office is now different so that i should not call it rat race but you know that race that you know this is a market share and we need to be ahead i think uh, the narrative has changed uh, the clear focus is what is the customer experience level what can you do because these are customers who will buy our top end vehicles and there is a clear focus on profitable growth uh, then just chasing volumes and trying to see uh, because when you do that that is when you start making those mistakes mistakes on the product design mistakes on the customer experience so we are consciously exited this overall race 
it's by default we are number one we are selling much more cars than some of our peer groups as such because of what we do the kind of products we are introducing also uh, the different uh, outlook that we have and the desirability for the brand so that's in a nutshell about our competitive spirit but i i still feel there is enough and more space for uh, three or even more uh, to survive in the market and grow profitably it's for all of you to together convince the numerous millionaires of our country to shell out some money and buy some luxury cars yeah as i said cultural we have a constraint we cannot operate but we do our things you know a lot of uh, uh, i would say awareness a lot of um, i would say uh, programs Uh, to get customers into the luxury segment is constantly on and that is by experiences you know you do different events different and all our peer group i think they are working on similar direction will merk ever make in india we are making in india we we have a plant as i said we we have around 2000 odd people now working for us in india directly uh, you know within and we are producing 14 odd cars yes you can say santosh that's assembling uh, i am talking part by part production that's an engineering topic you know for us we can do part by part if there is a single model selling 100000 cars uh, the philosophy is clear we will start producing more cars which closer to the market always because of logistic cost and other things so as the market grows we will go localize more part by part production but in today's time uh, we are uh, well localized uh, you know uh, more than do you have a metric of what percentage of localization have you achieved so i can say the for... government thresholds uh, for us to do uh, retailing business etc is 30 odd percent we are much more than that actually and do you have any targets that we going to hit this much i think it has to be cost based so if there is an opportunity for us to reduce costs further by doing localization it's a continuous effort uh, we not only localize for india we are also sourcing parts from india for rest of the world so we have a complete dedicated um, more than 50 member team in pune now which is being set up just to source parts from india to the world for mercedes benz let me also say at this point you know we measure the company on the sales but let me also say i have a sister company in uh, bangalore you know that's uh, headed by my colleague manu sale there he is leading a team of 10000 engineers you know they are doing cutting edge work for the world uh, we are proud to say that every mercedes in the world has an india in it uh, because there is some contribution coming out of bangalore on the it side on the software side on the engineering side on the car so our play in india is beyond just absolute sales it's also a strong r&d setup it's the second biggest r&d setup uh, outside of uh, germany i would say uh, and that again shows the investments we have done in the indian market beyond just sales of cars yes. when you were named uh, md what was the one line mandate for you from from the headquarters i think there there is a lot of trust in terms of understanding the market so for uh, for the headquarters it's clear that uh, try and see how we can look at the potential of this market at the same point of time uh, what can we do to transform the global mandate of really focusing on top end luxury uh, custom uh, i would say products and customer experiences so what can we do in this transformation journey uh, of 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 a luxury brand in the market because each market is different you also need to customize product offerings to communication to also uh, the retail experience and that's something that we are closely working on so my clear mandate is again just to see we don't miss any potential of the market at the same time focus on customer experience and get the transformation bit done let's talk about electric cars i mean merk is one of the companies that have clearly locked on to this target that we are going electric um now by no means is it a settled consensus that this is the best path forward 
technologies are still emerging. Um, Toyota, I mean, the Japanese, as we know, have always been a bit uh, uh, skeptical of electric and they've always favored hybrid and so on. Um, Toyota has uh, demonstrated an engine that it says has insane efficiency uh, because, I mean, one, it's a hybrid and second, um, you know, it's it's an order of magnitude of difference, like how much uh, mileage that engine can deliver. In addition to that is the skepticism uh, that is expressed in a lot of corners, uh, including the idea that if your grid is not clean, like it is not in India, you're one, you're merely shifting the emissions from the roads to wherever the electricity is produced or wherever the coal is burnt. Number two, the batteries are really dirty in their manufacturing process, in their, uh, whenever you dispose it. And there is a lot of geopolitical angle uh, to the procurement of minerals and the same lessons we are now learning in terms of geopolitical lock-ins could get repeated if we lock into the electric technology. How do you respond to all of this skepticism? Well, a couple of things. Firstly, as I keep saying, we are we invented the car, we continue to invent it again. And, uh, you know, one of the recent examples is also on autonomous side. We are the only automotive manufacturer in the world to have a level 3 certified autonomous car driving in the US. Uh, rest all claim, uh, but we have delivered. And therefore, it will be not right for me to say that some technologies won't come up or this is the only technology. To, to, for us, we are technology agnostic to a large extent. But when we talk about some emerging technologies, we have to also look at the next step of productionizing it. Is it scalable? Is it uh, possible to really uh, productionize and bring it to that scale uh, with similar environmental effects that we foresee? At this stage, if you ask us, we firmly believe that electric is the only solution. Uh, at this stage and therefore our company strategy worldwide is clear that we will transform to all electric at, and then comes the next set of questions first i will talk about the global and then i will come to the india topic about uh, fuel and what happens so at the global level we said that just buying electric we are only targeting uh, tailpipe emissions and that's not enough we have to be carbon neutral and therefore our ambition 2039 as we call it is to be a 100% carbon neutral company by 2039 and for that we will go across the entire value chain which also includes manufacturing of cars. Uh, we are already using green steel, a steel made out of complete uh, green hydrogen as well as uh, better energy. We are also using recycled materials and uh, for us to be 100% carbon neutral we need to ensure we are uh, you know we are using recyclable material, renewable material and we are on it and by 2030 itself we would have achieved a very big step close to 90% you know the last 10% is more difficult but we would have reached the 90% so we are fully committed to carbon neutrality as a company and we have a clear plan on sustainability uh, in place now coming to India you know a lot of uh, arguments around hey you know uh, electricity is not clean uh, and uh, let the electricity be clean and then we can get the charging done maybe the source is different but it's the case but you know there are some trivias if you see uh, when I was doing research and I was talking to my colleagues uh, India is one of the first countries in the world to have a ministry for renewable energy way back many years back you know now of course there is a lot of so India started if you go by the data publicly available data, even today, 42% of the energy are non-fossil fuel in India. So it's not that India has a very low percentage of non-fossil based fuel. 42% is a big number. It is as good as many developed countries in the world. So we have a head start. Now we can go to the traditional chicken and egg story. Let charging infrastructure come, let 100% be green fuel, and then we shift uh, there. But that will never come. You know, for me, the favorite analogy uh, is mobile phones. 
if we thought we will start using mobile phones only when the uh, all the towers are in place and there is no call drop and there is no full data we would never transition today we all have learned to live with it you know we have learned to live we know where the call is going to drop we plan the calls accordingly uh, sometimes and uh, of course uh, the service providers are also bringing new technologies and increasing similarly electrification will go through that journey where we have to take a step with a belief that we have to shift from fossil fuels number one zero tailpipe emission number two and third more importantly get into full recyclability of the car the government has introduced a lot of measures on uh, you know this epr extended producer responsibility there is a lot of initiatives currently happening even in india on on some of these topics so it's all going in the right direction and therefore we feel india is no different uh, and as a responsible uh, luxury oem i think we also say there is no luxury without sustainability so we need to walk the talk we are fully committed we will transform and we will push the boundaries even when it comes to india santosh um, tell me a little bit about your favorite cars over the years the cars that you have aspired to own the cars that you that have dazzled you well as i grew up uh, you know the first car that we had at home was of course a premier padmani which my dad had bought and i learned I mean, you grew up in bombay i grew up in bombay yes so you were malayali you were born in trishur but born in trishur brought up in bombay yes and uh, in the suburbs of bombay to kandivili to be precise and there uh, uh, my dad got this uh, second hand premier padmani uh, with a hand gear uh, you know that's how i learned driving uh, to some extent immediately we shifted and then uh, this entire thing of uh, i like to drive a lot and then diesels uh, for cost reasons because you know uh, coming from a simple middle class background how can you achieve uh, driving around india and also uh, and that's where i got an ambassador and that point of time you used to get matador engines uh, you know in bombay uh, where you could shift uh, put a diesel engine on a petrol car and convert it and i used that car i drove close to 60000 odd kilometers and sold it for the same price that i did everything else you <laughs> converted an, amb- an ambassador to a diesel uh, powertrain mm. actually it was possible and it was uh, allowed at that point of time to do that uh, and uh, i so drove around second car second car i drove up to kerala uh, i used to drive with those maps from the automotive association of india they used to give printed maps if you have to go to kerala turn right turn left this is the milestone you see so i have even driven uh, way back i am now saying 26 odd years back uh, to be a uh, 25 odd years back uh, using all those tools etc but that's my formative years then of course uh, you know i was i started following formula 1 and i grew up uh, following schumacher so by default it was ferrari as my you know brand of choice with with uh, the red ferrari there, car the red the ferrari track, car so yeah. i could very well relate to when you right. opened this session yeah. uh, as such but yes uh, you know the the uh, i have worked with many automotive brands and now with mercedes benz here i say i love this job because i get to try not only the current cars but also the older generation cars and the newer ones so 3 weeks back i was in stuttgart i saw some cars going to come in the future oh. and it was wow they let you drive the drive some those cars some they let us drive some are still in the prototyping stage so we are not able to drive but you know you you just feel so happy that uh, so you get to know about the technologies and features in those cars but you probably not allowed to talk about them. obviously yes <laughs> so but the sheer joy that you get to see these cars uh, is something that's uh, unparalleled i would say but if you ask me my favorite car uh, i would still go for i love sedans 
बिकॉज आई लव टू ड्राइव आई थिंक दैट्स अ बेस्ट ड्राइवर्स कार टू रियली ड्राइव ऑन सिडेंस अक्रॉस एंड देयर द सी सिक्सटी थ्री एम जी फॉर मी इज माई ऑल टाइम फेवरेट यू गिव मी एनी जनरेशन आई एम फाइन विद इट बट आई गो फॉर ए सी सिक्सटी थ्री इट इज बेस्ट ऑफ ऑल वर्ल्ड कॉम्पैक्ट गुड टू ड्राइव ए गुड फैमिली कार एज वेल अनज्यूमिंग यू नो इट्स नॉट ब्रैश टू से दैट इट्स एन एम जी एज सच बट इट डज द जॉब प्रिटी वेल सो दैट्स माई ऑल टाइम फेवरेट people shouldn't really get into really powerful cars and just drive right like they need to be careful yes i think safety is a core uh, not only from a product standpoint but we also do lot of road safety initiatives you know seat belt as a topic which is one of the most least common denominator you can do to protect yourself is generally undervalued uh but this is where again i see a lot of changes you know my kids earlier if at all they resisted we used to say it is a mandate we never took them without that now it's a practice so we don't need to even tell them you know when they get into the car they are belted so it's a, it's and this we not only see in our kids but we also see in many others they are following this uh, so it's again a cultural transformation you know you can see india now also this awareness coming up uh, and everything cannot be pushed legislatively you know you cannot get a rule for everything it's about awareness and change happening and we we see a lot happening also on the safety side uh, santosh uh, you are the first indian to head mercedes in india and coincidentally uh, bmw and audi both at this moment have uh, indian executives uh, heading their india operations um what does this signal i mean does it signal a sort of word of confidence in local management talent or you know maturity of indian management talent what does it signal well you know uh, there was a similar question asked to my predecessor martin about um, indian ceos and what is the outlook uh, as such i think as mercedes benz we believe in talent and right talent uh, globally uh, as well so uh, it's not important the nationality because diversity is a core value for mercedes benz diversity when it comes to women when it comes to nationalities when it comes to different aspects of diversity and here talent is a prerequisite to start with i am fortunate enough that i could work in different functions i personally was not expecting i would be in india i thought i may go to some other market to head the market itself but uh, i think it was just that yes the company thought that knowing the local expertise maybe also is an added asset at a time where india is going through this transformation uh, so the timing of india's a transformation along with of course my development i think they both match and that's the reason i am here and i am proud to be here uh, to be as such but it's not again led by that you need only an indian to run an indian operations i think if you have the right talent who understands the market the strength of mercedes benz india is a team here i think we have a committed team we have all my colleagues i can claim i have worked for the company for many years a good leader can take the best out of the team so irrespective of nationalities and the same may apply even if tomorrow uh, me or my colleagues go to other markets we have to work with our colleagues in different markets and adapt to those market and conditions so we we are a real multinational company uh, trying to promote the best talent and this is a natural outcome of that is what i would tend to believe santosh uh, tell us a couple of core tenets of your leadership style of your or your you know leadership principles so for me uh, one of the core tenets is uh, of my leadership is trust you know i have always deployed trust to start any professional relationship as well i feel if you give trust trust comes back and uh, that's the starting point uh, in a professional so second is for me uh, a lot of participative leadership i don't think all the knowledge rests with an individual uh, if you are able to get our teams our colleagues our all get and participate in a common vision i think the the effects can be manifold 
and the last is i think we need to clearly be purpose driven because the what's in it for me is a million dollar question for every professional and as long as we don't answer it for the individual for the team and for the organization we won't be able to move forward so it's very easy to come up with what we want to do but uh, this question definitely needs to be answered from a purpose statement and that something drives the organization and also helps uh, transformation uh, in an accelerated way Santosh has been uh, a delight uh, speaking with you. Uh, thank you for sharing all of these insights. Um, congratulations on your new job and our best wishes. Thanks a lot for having me. It was really a pleasure. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That's it from me for this episode. You've been listening to The Sketch. This episode was edited by Rajesh Jos and Sanju V Abraham is our sound engineer. You can email us with your thoughts on the sketch at livemint.com. For more updates on this podcast follow HT Smartcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and LinkedIn. To listen to more such mint podcasts log on to htsmartcast.com. Goodbye and thanks for listening. To stay updated on this podcast follow us at HT Smartcast on all the major social media platforms. To listen to more such podcasts log on to www.htsmartcast.com. Thank you.